This is the KOTO Community Radio News for Wednesday, June 23rd. I'm Julia Caulfield. And I'm Matt Hoysh. In today's headlines, Mountain Village Comprehensive Plan talks housing. Augment aims to lend a hand to local musicians. Telluride celebrates Immigrant Heritage Month with Community Fiesta. And a mountain weather forecast. Mountain Village's roadmap for the future is one step closer to getting an update. The Comprehensive Plan, or Comp Plan, is the town's guiding light for development. It was first adopted in 2011, with the plan to have it in place for 30 years. But now, just 10 years later, the town is going back to the document for an amendment. The town doesn't anticipate huge changes to the plan, rather amendments that simplify the document and take into consideration economic changes, like Airbnbs or VRBOs, that weren't a reality 10 years ago. MIG and Economic and Planning Services are two consulting companies working with the town on the amendment process, and over the past few months, they've been gathering data. Overall, what we've heard so far, um, or or, um, the key takeaways we've heard, are largely a desire to strengthen the heart of the community. Um, And through that, we're referring to a couple different things, including the physical spaces, um, the economy, and the people in the community itself. That's Ellie Brophy, a planning and urban designer with MIG. Concerns that we've heard mainly are related to workforce housing, um, to house the all the employees that actually work up in the village, and then concerns about potential growth and Uh, newer redevelopment in the community. Through a virtual community forum and presentation to town council, last week MIG and EPS shared their most recent data, specifically looking at economic and cultural health and vibrancy. Andrew Knudsen with EPS says they have one primary focus when looking at those areas. How does the comp plan help make Mountain Village a community that is both a good place to live as well as a good place to run a business. When it comes to general economic vitality, Knutson has some concerns about diversity of business, namely retail. In 2018, 76% of retail in Mountain Village was apparel and sporting goods, with the remaining 24 a mix of spas, other retail, and art galleries. This would be a point of departure we would suggest in terms of recommendations is what are tools that the town could employ to actually start to see greater diversification of the supply. But as many conversations in the region do, the discussion focused primarily on housing and short-term rentals. According to Carson Bryant with EPS, there are nearly 600 dispersed hotbed listings in Mountain Village. Talking about dispersed hotbeds, and just to give you a brief reminder what we mean by that, we mean basically guest lodging that is found on short-term rental sites like Airbnb, HomeAway, and and VRBO. When looking at how that compares to the overall housing stock. If we frame the dispersed hotbed listing stock in terms of the overall housing stock in Mountain Village, it comprises approximately 46%, which is pretty significant. The million-dollar question seems to be what the best balance between hotbeds and long-term housing is, because even with a housing shortage, Knudsen says there is a balance. We do think hotbeds are important uh, for the community. Um, In contrast, uh, if you think about the terminology, a cold bed might be a, a dwelling unit where Uh, It's owned by a remote homeowner and is occupied for a few weeks of the year. And otherwise, those beds are are pretty cold most weeks. So a hotbed uh, not only has activity, 
uh, and uh, we like to see that vibrancy. We also like to see a brand new wallet in that uh, in that hotbed every week. At the same time, he says finding ways to increase funding for housing from hotbeds could also be a good idea. Creating some kind of a revenue stream off of uh, short-term rentals for affordable housing, there is a correlation and any kind of uh, additional resources that a community can generate to address the housing need is probably a good idea. Voters in the town of Telluride passed a resolution collecting revenue from short-term rentals through a ballot measure in 2019. As for the town of Mountain Village, it still doesn't have an answer for what the balance is or how to gather more money for housing. But it is top of mind. The town of Mountain Village will hold an in-person community open house to gather more public input in August, with the plan of approving the amended comprehensive plan this fall. There's nothing quite like the rush of performing to a rapt audience on a stage. But the road from dreamer to performer can be tough. A new organization called Augment aims to help smooth that path for musicians in the Telluride region. Augment is hosting a fundraiser concert at the Transfer Warehouse this Thursday. Ahead of the event, KOTO spoke with Alex Paul, Augment co-founder and member of the local band Birds of Play. The conversation began by explaining how Augment came about and what it is. Augment started after I was lying in bed one evening a couple years ago uh, thinking to myself about what I could use to get from being a part-time musician to a full-time musician who didn't have to have uh, supplemental work to support my music habit. And what I came up with was some mentorship and guidance, a little bit of funding uh, for like a year. And as I was thinking about what I could use for this next step in the trajectory of my musical evolution, I was thinking that there are probably a lot of other people people who could also benefit from a similar structured help. And so I got Telluride Arts on board, uh, had some great meetings early on with Kate. She liked the idea and was really supportive initially. And as part of their umbrella program, Augment was born. And I uh, reached out to a couple musical friends in the community, uh, Tom Nading of Telluride Music Company and Don Berman, uh, who's just uh, been in the music world for a long time. And so we, we kind of launched officially January of 20. And then COVID hit. <laughs> and it didn't seem like the best use of funds when so many other people needed, you know, help and opportunity. And so we we teamed up with Kate and um, some other lovely uh, folks in town and helped get um, the Main Street music stages going for last summer. And um, we just brought on our fourth board member, which we're so excited about because it's Emily Scott Robinson. We're uh, just shifting gears and, and kind of you know getting all on the same page here in the coming weeks to, to really hone our focus for the, the coming year. Why do you think an organization like this is important for the Telluride region? There's a really vibrant local music scene uh, without a lot of structure to sustain it. And what we're trying to do is is just help create more paths for opportunity for local musicians to thrive here. I think we would all agree that music adds a lot to our lives, and the more I think we can um, encourage the local scene to prosper, the better off we all are. 
one of the big events y'all have planned going is this fundraiser happening later this week on Thursday at the Transfer Warehouse. Can you tell us a bit about that and what y'all are hoping to do with it? Yeah, it should be a really fun gathering and very unique musically. Um, we've got uh, some of our favorite uh, local bands in the mix. We've got uh, my band Birds of Play. <laughs> one of our favorites. They're, they're one of my favorite bands <laughs> to be a part of. <laughs> and we got Lady uh, come in to, to do a really cool acoustic set. And Emily is going to be joining us for a couple songs as well. And folks looking at that might notice it's not a cheap ticket. It is pricey, but it's a fundraiser. So what is the money you're all raising? What are you hoping to do with the funds you raise from that show? So one of our focal points right now is uh, raising funds to, to give local musicians micro grants. And, and this can be anywhere from 500 to a couple grand. Have you been able to support any musicians in that way yet? Or is it really we, just kind of getting it launched? Yeah, we have. We gave Lady their, uh, our first micro grant this last spring for two grand to uh, help them get their next album out. What does augment and the work it has done, what does that look like two years from now if everything goes according to plan? Ooh, uh, we've got a, a thriving micro-grant program in place with somewhere between you know five to ten recipients a year during all the music festivals um, one thing that I would like to implement and help organize is uh, like little workshops that you know the musicians who are coming to town to share their craft can like say we meet with 20 people at the library and can have you know a range of topics from songwriting to production to touring to understanding the business side and the marketing side and I mean it is just a wild world behind the scenes and you know we, we show up and watch musicians play and I think there are uh, a lot of things that go unappreciated about how much work it takes to get to that point. Alex Paul is a member of the local band Birds of Play, as well as one of the co-founders of Augment. Alex, thank you so much for chatting with us and break a leg on Thursday. What a pleasure. Thanks for having me. The Augment Musician Fundraiser will take place Thursday, June 24th at the Transfer Warehouse. Doors open at 6 and the show is at 7. More information, including how to purchase tickets, is available at TellurideArts.org. Maria Albaniel Rangel wants to celebrate Telluride's immigrant community. This month is crucial for us to not only recognize that the literal engine behind our town, what makes us run really, is our immigrant population and all the hard work that they do. Albaniel Rangel is the Immigrant Advocacy Coordinator at Tri-County Health Network. She's also one of the driving forces behind a community fiesta to cap off Immigrant Heritage Month. So all these events are done to honor and to celebrate them, right, with the pieces of their heritage that are so close to them. And just being able to bring that into a community um, and just let them know, hey, we celebrate you in the way that you wish to be celebrated, I think is super powerful. This weekend, Town Park will be the center of food, piñatas, all in the name of celebration. We're looking at having a mariachi performer who will be singing live throughout the entire the entire uh, celebration. Um, we're also going to be having a local florcorico dance, which is a traditional Mexican dance group, come uh, from Montrose to perform, right? So we'll be able to see a really, really nice performance. Poet Michelle Otero will also be debuting a new poem created specifically for the event. Michelle has been doing an incredible job in collaborating with us with uh, the incredible stories that Koto has been helping us collect. She has gathered all of the heritage stories and just kind of uh, created this collective voice for immigrants um, in Telluride. Albaniel Ranjal notes the heart of the fiesta is the immigrant community itself. But at the same time, a large message for us has been not only the events 
are for them, but it's also for the community because I think it's so important for a community to feel like we are in certain pieces together, that we support one another, right? So that's why all of our events, including the Community Fiesta, all of them um, are open to all community members, regardless of your immigration status or your, your heritage, right? Because one message we wanted to really promote is just this idea of inclusivity. And while she expects the day to be fun-filled, Albaniel Rangel doesn't want the fiesta to stop there. It's a jumping-off point for bigger conversations. There's a lot of hidden issues that aren't discussed, specifically to the immigrant community. So my hope is that after this month of events or after this community fiesta or celebration, that we're much more open to having real effective and constructive discussions afterwards, right? Not only just saying, hey, we see you, we support you, but actually start putting actions to, to where our support is, is said to be. The Community Fiesta in celebration of Immigrant Heritage Month will take place on Sunday, June 27th from 1230 to 3 p.m. in Town Park. The event is open to everyone and family friendly. The entirety of the Gran Mesa, Uncompahgre, and Gunnison National Forests will enter Stage 1 fire restrictions this week. According to the Forest Service, fire managers base their decision to enter restrictions based on fuel moisture measurements in vegetation, predicted weather, and current fire activity. Previously, only sections of the GMUG were in fire restrictions. Fire managers will continue to monitor conditions and assess needs for future action. Under Stage 1 restrictions, igniting, building, attending, maintaining, or using fire, including charcoal, outside of a Forest Service installed and maintained firing, is prohibited. Smoking is prohibited outside, as is operating a chainsaw and using explosives, such as fireworks. The Forest Service notes nearly 90% of wildfires on public lands are started by humans. Those in violation could face up to a $5,000 fine and up to six months in prison. The GMUG Stage 1 fire restrictions will go into effect on Thursday, June 24th. Patients at the Telluride Regional Medical Center can now get Johnson & Johnson COVID-19 vaccines during regularly scheduled primary care visits as well as at clinics held twice per week throughout the summer, on Wednesdays and Fridays. The single-dose shot is approved for anyone 18 years and older, though the med center notes there has been a rare but observed risk of blood clots in women younger than 50. The vaccine has shown a roughly 65% effectiveness in preventing COVID-19 in clinical trials and a high efficacy in preventing hospitalization and death in those who did get sick. According to the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, no one who got COVID-19 at least four weeks after receiving the J&J vaccine has been hospitalized. To schedule an appointment with a primary care provider or grab a slot at an upcoming clinic, call 970-728-3848. Clinics will be on Wednesdays and Fridays from 1.30 to 2.30 p.m. at the Depot Clinic. Telluride Venture Network will host its 8th annual Demo Day on Wednesday, July 7th from 2.30 to 3.30 p.m. at the Transfer Warehouse. The event will feature presentations from the 2021 TVN Investment Bootcamp participants, including companies from Telluride, the Western Slope, and Greater Colorado. 
TVN is also teaming up with the Mountain Studies Institute to launch their second boot camp for startups focused on mining and reclamation, with an emphasis on water quality. The boot camp will bring together companies and mentors from across the industry and will run through a mix of virtual and in-person sessions in Telluride. Sessions will run throughout August and September. More information about the Mining Reclamation Boot Camp and Demo Day is available at TellurideVentureNetwork.com. Give a person a fish, feed them for a day. Teach a person to fish. They could win a lot of money. Next month, Colorado Parks and Wildlife will kick off the 7th Annual Smallmouth Bass Fishing Tournament at Ridgeway State Park. According to CPW, over the years, anglers have helped the department in its efforts to reduce the population of smallmouth bass, which were introduced illegally to Ridgeway Reservoir more than a decade ago. There will be prizes. To qualify, anglers must turn in smallmouth bass at the drop box located at the fish cleaning station near the state park boat ramp. Fish must be whole to be entered. Anglers can earn one raffle ticket for cash prizes for every fish caught. There will also be cash prizes for the anglers who catch the most smallmouth bass. The tournament runs from July 10th to August 8th. No registration is required. All that's needed is a Colorado fishing license. Governor Jared Polis is signing more bills this week from the recently concluded legislative session. As KOTO's Scott Franz reports, the latest will affect everything from car registration to alcohol delivery. House Bill 1207 will allow residents to continue getting alcoholic drinks to go from restaurants well beyond the pandemic. Lawmakers agreed to relax the liquor laws for at least four more years. Meanwhile, Polis traveled to Golden Gate Canyon on Monday to sign two outdoor-related measures. The first will automatically charge residents for an annual state parks pass when they renew their vehicle registrations unless they opt out. It takes two years to take effect. Another will spend up to $3 million a year to provide outdoor gear and programming to people who face barriers in accessing the great outdoors. I'm Scott Franz in Denver. The National Weather Service forecast for the western San Juans calls for mostly cloudy skies tonight with a low around 45 degrees and a chance of thunderstorms. Thursday should be partly sunny with a high near 70 degrees and a 60% chance of precipitation. Thursday night, expect partly cloudy skies with a low in the mid-40s and a 20% chance of showers and thunderstorms. Friday calls for partly sunny skies with a high near 70 and a 50% chance of showers and thunderstorms. Winds could gust as high as 20 miles per hour. Friday night, expect partly cloudy skies with a low around 40 degrees. This has been the news for Wednesday, June 23rd. Thanks for listening. If you have a story idea or a news tip, call the news team at 728-3206. The morning rebroadcast of the KOTO News will return to its pre-pandemic time of 8 a.m. on Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Fridays, beginning on Thursday, June 24th. Morning Edition will also return to its pre-pandemic slot of 7 a.m. And now, a personal commentary. Hey there, it's Sarah Holbrook, the Executive Director of the Pinhead Institute, based in Telluride, Colorado, but servicing pretty much all of rural southwestern Colorado. Um, I have an interesting science story for you all. Do you realize that we are in a mega drought, and do you even know what that means? That's an extreme drought. 
um, and it makes it different is the severity of the conditions. Much of the Southwest is in the throes of a mega drought. Simply put, a mega drought is a period of extreme dryness that lasts for decades. Within that period, there may be occasional better wet years, but the respite is brief. Um, so yeah, we had a little respite, I guess, in the winter of 1617 when huge forms, storms hit California. But you guys, it's looking bad. Anyhow, if you want to know more about that story and others, I think you should check out the New York Times Science Times because that's an awesome section that comes out on Tuesdays and we love reading it. Um, I wanted to let you all know about some exciting things that are coming up on the Pinhead calendar. First and foremost, the Science of Cocktails is back in person again. It's next month. July 17th from 6 to 8 p.m. in the wonderful Transfer Warehouse. Tickets are available on the Pinhead website. And you know what that is. That is www.pinheadinstitute.org. So check it out. Also, next week begins our six-week series of punk sciences. Those are hands-on science experiments and classes for kids in person for free in the Transfer Warehouse on Tuesdays from 5.15 to 6 p.m. The first one kicks off next Tuesday, June 29th, with Tyson Hughes from the amazing Crow Canyon Archaeological Center. Oh, my goodness. He's going to teach us all about making Stone Age tools. It's going to be super cool. Don't miss it. Also, Friday, July 2nd, starts our Norwood Lone Cone Library science lessons, hands-on, in-person, for free, from 10 to noon on Fridays in Norwood. We also have room for your kids in our summer camps, Fantastic Flora, Bridge Camp, Crazy Contraptions. And did I mention that in Bridge Camp, we get to build an actual bridge on the valley floor. Don't let your kids miss out. You can find information on those camps and more on our website, www.pinheadinstitute.org. Gosh, there's so much more I could tell you about, but I got to hang up right now and get this into the Kodo News people. Hooray. Thanks, Kodo. Um, thanks, listeners, and pay attention to all the cool things going on at Pinhead on our website. If you have any questions about anything, email me, sarah at pinheadinstitute.org. Thanks, and over and out. Hello, this is Yvette Henson with Colorado State University Extension. You may not know us, or you may, but we are here to serve the residents of San Miguel and West Montrose counties. For more than 100 years, we've helped people in the state and in our local county offices to answer questions, solve everyday problems, and live a better life. But community needs across the state are changing, and we need your help to understand the pressing issues facing our communities today. Please take our 10-minute community survey at extension.colostate.edu forward slash community survey. Again, that's extension, E-X-T-E-N-S-I-O-N dot colostate, C-O-L-O-S-T-A-T-E dot E-D-U forward slash community survey. You will be automatically entered into a drawing to win a $25 gift card. If you can't find the survey, please contact us at 327-4393 or you can email me at y-v-e-t-t-e dot h-e-n-s-o-n at colostate, C-O-L-O, S-T-A-T-E dot E-D-U. 
We want to hear from you, whether you know about us or not. Thank you so much. And thank you, Kodo. Opinions broadcast over KOTO are those of the speakers. You are also invited to express your views after the news or on access each weekday at around 4 p.m. If you'd like to comment, please contact a staff person here at KOTO. We encourage you to speak out on important public issues.